Welcome to the MUFG Global Markets Podcast. I'm John Cook, and I'm joined today by George Goncalves, MUFG's head of U.S. macro strategy. It's Tuesday, September 19th, 2023. Welcome back to the podcast, George. Great to be back. It's been a while. It has been a while. Uh, you know, I think uh, after after some good summer summer vacation for both of us, uh, you know, and, and we're, we're back into the thick of it uh, with plenty uh, with plenty to talk about, um, you know, including uh, FOMC meetings, BOE meetings, BOJ meetings, um, you know, but let's let's get right into it. So in retrospect, Treasury spent most of the summer selling off, and that's really continued here into September. Uh, as you previewed, you know, the massive increase in supply driven by the deteriorating fiscal situation of the U.S. government, um, as well as, you know, our arguably improved investor sentiment on the investor outlook. You know, those are some of the things that, you know, that drove, you know, that drove price action. Um, but I guess like, what's your take, you know, what sort of, uh, you know, what sort of details uh, would you kind of focus in on uh, that have driven price action recently? Sure, absolutely. And, and even over the course of the summer, as you kind of alluded to, uh, you know, when we uh, put out our fiscal perspectives and, and kind of, Looking at both the macro implications as well as the direct uh, hit that it, it that it resulted in uh, more supply for the treasury market, uh, you know we've had a, a really an intense fiscal uh, story this summer, right? Both from the really like pre-summer, if you if you consider uh, after Memorial Day and and the debt ceiling resolution with the Fiscal Responsible Act, the FRA. And then the rebuilding of all of the TGA and all the T bills that were issued, and then the upsizing of the coupons out the curve, and we we you know, we've really seen a lot over the course of the last three four months, specifically in the direct space that you and I spend a lot of our time on the on the rate side, and so we've we've seen a pretty big change from a like a dearth of supply to a real big swing in supply that. Um, you know, at, at times you had hundreds and hundreds of billions of just replenishing of the TGA. I think, look, the you know, the supply story matters. Uh, I do think even you know at the margin, the Fitch story of kind of reminding that our fiscal house is not in order also is something that you know markets have been kind of thinking about too. Um, supply on its own is not going to be enough to keep driving rates higher. Uh, I do think that term premium uh, will come back uh, more from the supply demand story uh, of what also took place over the summer with you know, BOJ uh, slightly changing their policy on YCC and in the anticipation of even more uh, adjustments ahead. I think it's going to be the supply demand story uh, coupled with, you know, we we have now a potential reflaring of inflation concerns. And uh, I do think that also is kind of uh, capturing the, the attention of the bond market. Uh, although it's not really being shown as clearly in break-evens as I think it should. I mean, we've had a decent run higher in two-year break-evens, but in general, inflation markets are not really that concerned. What really repriced was real rates. And, and that's when the financial conditions tightening really takes over again. Real rates as high as they've become. Um, and that feeding also back into the belly of the curve, like fives and tens, seeing real rates push up uh, again, a, a term structure that has largely spent its time under the Fed funds rate, right? We've had an inverted curve, but we've also had an inverted curve relative to the Fed policy itself. It's when you, you know, it, we don't know if the Fed's done yet. We'll, we'll discuss that as we kind of go through the conversation. But, you know, even if they have another hike or not, 
we're talking about really elevated short rates, and we've had a bond market that's been trading well underneath it. The longer the Fed stays on hold, there's going to be kind of like this pull to par or like pull to Fed funds, really, a pull up in rates to kind of start to kind of converge on where the Fed is. So like the, the this idea of higher for longer, the idea that you know, perhaps until something really breaks, they're not going to do anything. You need to then have rates normalized because they've been trading well under the Fed level for 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 way too long. Yeah, that that's that's great stuff, and there's a there's a lot there. Um, you know, particularly take your point about real rates. You know, something like fifty basis points higher over the over the summer. Is that is that about right, George? Yep. Yeah, highest since two thousand nine. So that's a huge move there. Um, all right. So, so thanks for that. We talked about this, uh, you know, we talked about where we, I guess you touched on this a little bit, um, but as a reminder for our listeners, we are recording this podcast on Tuesday, September 19th. That's just one day before the FOMC announces the decision from the September meeting. Uh, George, you just put out your FOMC preview, a uh, lot of good stuff there, but what for the, um, I guess for, 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 given that we don't have forever, why don't we go over some of the high points for the benefits of the listeners of this podcast? Uh, you know, in short, what are you expecting from the Fed tomorrow? Yeah, just uh, kind of breaking it down from top to bottom. We, we think the Fed skips. They do not hike at this upcoming meeting in September, um, uh, but they will convey a hawkish message both through their forecasts uh, known as the SCPs, the the, the the dots also for you know those that look at the dot grid uh so you know we we um our subtitle for our piece was dots will pave the way for higher for longer i think this is going to be another communication tool like a forward guidance the fed will rely upon to to use their projections for where they think rates are going to stay over the coming years as a way to try to push back on the market to not put in further further cuts unless you know really warranted so uh i, I think that you know we're going to see the risk of uh well they're going to maintain the optionality to hike one more time so even though they, we don't think they're going to hike this meeting there's two more meetings left in the year uh they want to keep that optionality open in case inflation were to kind of take off from here especially considering what's going on with oil and what or if a reef or if core inflation uh, doesn't really come down and it's been kind of volatile lately especially the super core which is the the real main focus of chair powell so i think they want the optionality they're not going to they're not going to reduce the 2023 median dot they're going to keep it at five and five eights uh there is a, a, in our view uh, a real risk that they're going to meet the market the market has taken out some of the cuts from uh next year and i think that they're going to probably meet the market at probably only suggesting you know three cuts of 25 next year which would bring up the median for 2024 that's a pretty hawkish message i mean even though it's like meeting the market when the fed does that i mean the, that means that they a they they take a notice where the market's trading so i think that's noteworthy uh and you know they're going in the opposite direction that the bond market ultimately wants which is low rates at some point um and i think that means that you know you'd have to see rates uh, react to that and then they're also introducing a new terminal rate for 2026 and that one's going to be interesting to see on where um that rate comes in relative to the long run rate there's been a lot of discussion lately around the idea of what is neutral in this new world that we live in and is it you know the the, the fed's median dots for neutral on average has been somewhere around 2.5 and that, and that really predates even the pandemic so like i mean i think they're going to go back to the drawing boards i'm not sure if they're ready to change the long run dot yet but they could uh you know the 2026 which is a kind of feels like pretty far out into the future uh, I think that one could be where they can kind of signal that 
even if they do go into an easing cycle, which we think they will, they're not going to go back to zero. They're they're going to you know try to aim for somewhere in the high twos, low threes is what they're really going for, because that's the kind of rate you're going to need to still make sure that inflation doesn't flare up um, in the future. Okay, got it. And uh, you know, just for the benefit of our listeners, we have George has a nice uh, table on page three of the uh, of the presentation where where he really lays lays this stuff out very clearly. Um, but but here's the uh, here's the hard part. I mean, it's one thing to say the Fed's going to do this, that, and the other thing, but how's the market going to react? I mean, you know, it seems like fifty percent of the time, even if I get the call right as to what's going to happen, the market does something almost the exact opposite. So uh, you've laid out some you've laid out some scenarios in your piece. Uh, you know, as to what the Fed could do. So uh, the the question or the tough question is, you know, how will the market react to those various scenarios? And then just, you know, if you could touch on this maybe briefly, what else is top of mind for you as we close out another quarter, um, as well as the uh, end of the first half of the Japanese fiscal year? Yeah, no, that's that's it's it's a great kind of way to kind of wrap things up. Um, look, I'm, I'm with you. This has been one of those years, even if you knew what NFP was going to be like or CPI, you still might have gotten the wrong trade on beforehand. Um, so I, I do think that uh, you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt, but I, I think you, know, you you aim for more than 50%, otherwise we're being random. Uh, and um, I think that, you know, our, our, our leaning is towards that you know, the markets want to always hear a dovish outcome if Chair Powell can, uh, if if let's say that our scenario comes to fruition around a more hawkish dot plot and that's delivered, uh, and if Chair Powell defends why they're doing that, uh, I think then you know markets should still result in a kind of a bear flattening, higher short term rates. The question is like the 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 delivery, the tone uh, that press conference is going to matter a lot especially if they make these adjustments as we expect. You know, if we're wrong and they actually don't make these major changes, then the real risk is going to be like how much of a steepening move can the market stomach? I, I think the, the Fed's going to try to avoid, um, you know, creating that sort of, a, of an environment. So I, I, do, I do think that both, you know, the changes of why they're raising the dots or not cutting them as much as I think that's going to really what's going to draw the line. And then I think Chair Powell, uh, you know, also looking at his performance during Jackson Hole, yes, they're data dependent, but they're you know they're not looking to change their inflation forecast. They're not looking to rush to cut either. And if he kind of really holds that line, I think that we should expect uh, you know at least a sell-off. But again, we've seen sell-offs on any given day without really major news to begin with. So I think the Fed would like to see the market move in the right direction without unnecessary volatility. And now on your second part of the question. Like we're going to move quickly from the Fed, and I th- and I think it's going to matter as I just I just just described. But we have also the BOJ and we have the BOE. But you know, even you know, bigger than that, I think you know, depending on what those central banks do, we also have the quarter coming up, and we're entering the period of time where liquidity is most precious. Uh, we're getting closer towards year end, and I think uh, the, this quarter typically gives us gives us a pretty good read for. You know, balance sheet availability. So September 30 quarter ends are super critical to like get a sense for you know how liquid is the system at this point. And with rates so high and the Fed still doing QT and just uh, a, a general reduction in liquidity on average throughout the financial landscape, I, I think that this is going to be a, a good quarter to assess. You know, is there like any pockets of issues uh, around liquidity? And then 
you know, I, I think that into the quarter end, we also have what's going to happen potentially down in D.C., which is a whole other topic around will they get a budget in place or not. So I think the market will turn defensive irrespective of the Fed, but the Fed's going to probably set in motion a more kind of cautious mood into early October. All right. So it sounds like, uh, you know, again, to, to reiterate, reiterate in your main scenario, you expect a, a, beef, a brief bear flattening um, and then some some risk off uh, from from risky assets. Uh, you mentioned, you know, Bank of Japan, um, but plenty of other things to look at. Quarter end, fleshing out issues, you know, that that's definitely happened before and perhaps maybe a little bit more likely to happen given there's less liquidity fl- sloshing around in the system. Um, and then that budget standoff down in D.C., obviously cute, obviously huge. Um, so, uh, to our listeners, I would definitely encourage you to review George's recently published September 2023 FOMC preview and market implications piece. Uh, and if you're not receiving George's strategy reports, please do get in contact with him directly. George, great stuff as always. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you, John. And thank you for listening to the MUFG Global Markets Podcast. Rate, review, and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And reach out to your MUFG sales rep for any further information. Check back soon for more insights from the Global Markets Research Team.